Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Without further ado! That's what the game's all about. All of a sudden you feel like you can't miss. What up, what up? Welcome to Buckets, the fantasy basketball podcast here on the Action Network. Every Monday, presented by Prize Picks. I'm your host, Dan Titus, and with me, as always, the homie and fantasy expert, Adam Koffler. Koffler, AK89. What's good with you, bro? The Jalen Hurts hype train is coming to the station. We are absolutely pumped. For Sunday's, you know, Eagles playoff game against the Bucks. Yeah, we're recording a bit earlier because, hey, we're both Birds fans. We got to represent for the squad, Bird gang all day. Saying that with, you know, obviously if anything happens tonight in the NBA, we won't know about it yet. So just be cognizant of that. But yeah, man, super hype for a super wild card weekend. This is going to be a good day of football. So I'm glad we can talk about hoops first and then we can literally just kick back, chill and watch some football here. So this is the week 14 look ahead. We'll recap all the notable news from week 13, evaluate some situations that may be worth monitoring, and then give you some usual waiver and scheduling advice heading into this upcoming week. Let's start off with the key injuries. Uh, We were fortunate to get some news on Kevin Durant. He left Saturday night's contest against the Pelicans with a knee injury. When I saw this happen, man, I, I couldn't help but think that this was very similar to AD's injury, which ended up being a sprained MCL. That actually wound up being the diagnosis for Kevin Durant. We saw James Harden go off for 27 points, 15 assists, and eight rebounds. But want to get your thoughts on this injury and what this might mean for the Nets in the interim. Uh, it didn't look like KD was like that hurt, but clearly something was bothering him when he walked off the floor. And then obviously the Nets want to be careful with their superstar. They have their sights set on the playoffs, obviously. So Harden and Kyrie are obviously going to see the biggest uptick. You know, do the Nets maybe, you know, pay this $5,000 fine for each home game for Kyrie to play in it. Potentially. Do they need to maybe, or maybe not? We'll see. We'll see yeah. if a guy like, like they, they could really use like a LaMarcus Aldridge right now for some veteran leadership on the floor. I know he's missed a lot of games. He's battling some kind of foot injury or something, but obviously Harden and Kyrie are going to carry the squad. If you need to get into the playoffs, the fantasy basketball playoffs, like James Harden is going to get you there essentially. And they've got a bunch of back end guys um, that could benefit here. Uh, Patty Mills is a name to look at. He's going to get a lot more shots. Uh, Dayron Sharp, even, uh, potentially, and Cam Thomas. Yeah, so th- those are the guys to look at on the Nets. I'm not really interested in, in Kessler Edwards. I'm not really interested in um, David Duke, uh, those, those yeah. back-end guys. 
but but I could see some streamers on the weeks that Brooklyn has uh, four games. And then also my advice for anybody that has Kevin Durant or wants to trade for Kevin Durant because of this situation, if you're in a good spot, you're first, second, third, you're confident you're going to make the playoffs. The all-star break is February 20th uh, around then. That's about four five weeks um, from right now. And Kevin Durant should be back around that time period. Figure he comes back after the all-star break. You could get him on the cheap now um, for maybe a top 40 or 50 guy. If he's on a team that needs to make the playoffs and needs to get somebody right now to help them win. So you could take advantage of that. Get Kevin Durant on your squad for the stretch run for the fantasy basketball playoffs. So that's definitely something to consider how you could kind of use this uh, to your advantage now. Yeah, we'll see how this shakes out because uh, he's right now he's been given a four to six week timetable to rehab this MCL sprain. And uh, it doesn't look like he tore anything. So that's a good thing. So it just needs the rest. So we'll, we'll see. But I think that that is sound advice if you are in a position where you can afford to buy low on Durant and set yourself up for the, the long haul here. Uh, next injury that was pretty significant, but I think we might have dodged a bullet. Zach Levine injured his left knee on Friday versus the Warriors. He underwent an MRI on Saturday, revealed no structural damage. He'll be reevaluated in a week, but he is not expected to miss significant time. You got to imagine this is really just going to be an uptick for the DeMar DeRozans, Lonzo Balls. And uh, we did see Io Dosumu absolutely ball out. Like, I don't know if he can sustain a 27 and 10 performance, but uh, you got to figure he he earned himself some more minutes after holding Jason Tatum to eight for 24 from the field. So, um, yeah, I think he might have earned the rookie might have earned some more playing time here. And they've got a really tight rotation there in Chicago where they only play seven or eight guys. And obviously Lonzo Ball missed that game that Io went off. I just remember in the in the offseason, uh, our boys Noble and Ruth, shout out uh, Zach Noble and Ruth Williams, had Io Dosunmu on their podcast uh, for an interview. So that was a dope one. And he's yeah. he's been balling when given the opportunity. Whenever he gets like 30 plus minutes, he, he puts up lines that are absolutely worthy of being rostered. So definitely a name to look out for probably gets somewhere between uh, anywhere between 20 and 30 minutes per game. You know, when Lonzo is playing, obviously he might still come off the bench, but yeah, as long as Zach Levine's out, uh, it's definitely an uptick to DeMar DeRozan, Lonzo ball, probably even Nicole Vucevic as well. Probably gets some more opportunities. And, uh, and yeah, IO and Kobe white are probably deserving of streamer uh, spots on your team. As long as the bulls have a, a favorable schedule. Yeah. And Kobe white's been playing well. So I expect him to probably be the priority ad. And then, you know, Io would be right behind him just given how well he played on defense and, and offensively, but to expect him to shoot nine for 10 from the field, every game is uh, definitely not sustainable. Yeah. But his field goal percentage has been relatively high. So it's, it's not sustainable, but he's also not like a 35 to 40% shooter more than likely. Which is where Kobe white is traditionally. Right. Yeah. So, you know, Kobe white, you're going to get a guy who's going to take 20, 25 shots potentially. (laughs) Uh, with Zach Levine on the sidelines. And this, we see the tight rotation too, because uh, Derek Jones Jr. is out for, you know, four or five weeks as well. Right. And so, Javante I mean, Green was also getting some starts and he's, he's not, he's not in the lineup. Right. Either. So they've got a, they've got a, you know, tight, very tight rotation. So that's very fantasy friendly, uh, especially with a team that's got, uh, got its sights on like the number, you know, one or two seed in the East. Right. Well, well now with news of the Nets, uh, Kevin Durant going down, man, this, is, uh, this sure. is good news for Bulls fans for sure. For sure. Um, And we also did get some reports out of Golden State that James Wiseman had arthroscopic knee surgery in December and his his expected return is sometime in February. Can't help but be reminded of Jaron Jackson Jr. last year when he torn his meniscus. He was out for around nine months. 
they took it very slowly with him. It looks like the Warriors are doing the same with him. Uh, we'll talk about a couple other stashes later in the show, but want to get your thoughts on whether you think James Wiseman is worth a, a deep league stash. Um, probably not. Like, uh, just a guy that hasn't played in a long time, uh, hasn't really played much in the league. The the Warriors got the thing going on. I don't know. I don't know where he fits. I think they're comfortable with Kevon Looney for this season at least. So really, like, I'm not looking to use one of my IL spots right now on James Wiseman. All right, let's get into some hot players. Joel Embiid, his streak of eight 30-point performances came to a close on Friday night versus the Boston Celtics. He fell one short of the franchise record, so it ends up with him being tied with Allen Iverson and the great Wilt Chamberlain in the history books. We talked a little bit about Joel last week, but would you say this is the best version of him right now from a fantasy perspective? Oh, yeah. And and he also on Saturday night put the team on his back in the fourth quarter. I think yep. the Sixers won the fourth quarter by twelve points, and they ended up winning uh, in Miami by eleven points. And Embiid had uh, I think double double digits scoring in the fourth quarter. So yeah, he's he's been absolutely incredible. He's been playing every single game. He's not taking games off. He's trying to like show that that this is his squad. I mean, obviously at this point, like this is his team. Like you know, two years ago we were like, oh maybe it's you know it's a little bit of Ben Simmons, a little bit of Joel Embiid. Now, this is Joel Embiid's team. The Sixers are honestly, honestly better off right now than they were with Ben Simmons. If like I'm being honest about that. I think there's more, I think there's more opportunities for guys like, like Tyrese Maxey has really stepped up. Seth Curry has gotten more opportunities because Ben Sim- more even more opportunities to handle the ball. Like he's a guy that's dishing out four or five assists a game that wasn't happening in seasons past, right? Like, so I think I think the Sixers really have a cohesive unit. They could, you know, they could get a little better by adding a piece or two, maybe a you know, buddy heel type guy. But yeah, I think this I think this team can make some noise. Yeah, I think that they're gonna be probably a first round exit out of the playoffs, maybe second round at best. <laughs> they're just not I, I just don't trust Doc Rivers really. His rotations are just really annoying. And, you know, I think I think Tyrese Maxey needs to be given a little bit more confidence. And we saw him when Joel Embiid was out. This guy was absolutely the focal point of the offense. Tobias Harris has been an pretty regular to be honest definitely not a max player so i'd be curious to see what the sixers do to make any moves to try to deal with the ben simmons situation but it sounds like reports came out earlier this week that this could carry over into the draft so you know this is going to be Embiid's team for the foreseeable future so from a fantasy perspective he's he's gonna smash and uh, i think if you're wise to keep him on your roster trade for him if you can do whatever you can because Embiid's going to continue to go off and the sixers, um, are, the sixers yeah. are 10 and 2 in the last 12 games that's a hot that's a hot team yeah, I mean, the Miami win was their most significant. They were beaten up on bad teams before that, but agree with you. Uh, so your boy, DeJounte Murray, his streak of 17 games with at least a steal came to an end on Friday night. More impressively, though, you know, DeJounte Murray doesn't really get too much respect around the league. I think he's an all-star. I think you'd probably agree, but the Spurs record probably keeps him out of contention for that. But from a fantasy perspective, he's absolutely a fantasy all-star, probably fantasy all-NBA. He's tied for third in the league with seven triple doubles. Uh, there's not much more you can say about DeJounte Murray, right? <laughs> no, he was putting up shots in the low 20s when uh, Derek White was out. Derek White returned on Saturday, and he only got up 17 shots, but he still had 18 points, seven rebounds, nine assists, and three steals. Like that, The typical line from DeJounte Murray these days is going to be around 18 to 20 points uh, and teasing a triple double with a, with you know a couple steals, a few steals, something like that. And... For a guy that handles the ball that much, he's only turning the ball over, you know, 
three times a game, which isn't even that much. Like Luka Doncic turns the ball over four and a half, five times a game. So yeah, this this guy, I mean, last last two weeks, he's been a top five nine cat fantasy player. Don't expect that to continue, but expect him to be a top 20 guy moving forward. And uh, go to Toronto. We talked about it a little bit last week. And I asked, you know, now that all of the Toronto Raptors are seemingly healthy, is do you expect anyone to kind of take a dip? I think we've seen over the last week, I, I'm a Scotty Barnes uh, owner, and uh, he didn't really play particularly well. But one person that has been balling out over the last 10 games, Pascal Siakam, 25 points, 10 rebounds, seven assists over that span. He is 35th overall in week 13 coming into Sunday. Is this a guy you were looking to trade for? Are you holding? What, what, do you, what do you think about Pascal and his long-term outlook here? Yeah, we talked about this a little bit last week. Toronto has one of the best fantasy basketball playoff schedules, um, weeks 21 through 23. So, yeah, if if uh, you know, I'm, I'm, looking at, I'm looking at OG Ananobi, Fred Van Vliet, and Pascal Siakam, I'd want all those guys on my team. Scotty Barnes, you know, probably takes a little bit of a backseat to those three guys, more established guys as the as the Raptors look to make a playoff push, a real life playoff push. Again, if if I'm if I'm sitting pretty, you know, and, and I'm, you know, first, second, third place, I'm looking forward to weeks 21, 22, 23. And that's when those Raptors are really going to help you. So definitely keep something to keep an eye on. But, yeah, I'd want all three of those guys on my roster for sure. Yeah. And the next guy we're going to talk about, I definitely hated on him weeks ago because he was playing like shit. Uh, much like most of the Knicks, because they were just hurt and they didn't really have anybody. But R.J. Barrett in week Ooh. 13, man, 29.7 points, five assists, three dimes, uh, five rebounds, three dimes on 53% shooting, three three-pointers, 25th overall coming into Sunday. Do you think that he can continue this torrid pace uh, for the rest of the season? I tweeted uh, on Saturday that he was on a heater in his last five, six games, averaging 25 a game. I don't know that, that that can continue. He looks really good. He looks really confident. And he's he's sort of been, you know, on par with Julius Randle of late. The problem with RJ Barrett from a fantasy perspective is he's not really doing a whole lot outside of scoring. But he only averages, you know, three and a half assists per game uh in his last seven games. That's not a whole lot. The scoring is likely gonna come down a bit from that 25 per game. That's that's not sustainable either. And he's not really a steals and blocks guy. And, you know, his, his shooting percentages aren't that high either. It doesn't hit him a bunch of threes. Um, so, yeah, I think I think there's there's definitely a, uh, this might be a good time to sell high on R.J. Barrett, um, especially this. This is this is the highest his value is going to be all season. Right. So if, if you're looking yeah. at if you're looking to cash in, now's the time for sure. Yeah, I, I don't believe it because this guy is one of the most inconsistent players that we have over the course of the season. He's shooting 42 percent from the field. This isn't sustainable. I'm selling high at the first chance I can get. Now, just from a, from a real life perspective, I see some ascension for RJ Barrett. Like I, I think he can be a an all star caliber player in a couple of years. You give him two years. I think he's I think he's further out than that. I think he's still probably more than two years away from being an all star. I, I don't well, know that I see it quite yet. Yeah, yeah, and he and he's he's not bringing that much to the table outside of no, outside of yeah. the scoring, right? Right, right. Like Julius Randle's still the assist man there. Yeah. Stock gods for week 13, Robert Covington. My God, man, 3.5 steals, 1.8 blocks, totaling 5.3 stocks per contest in week 13. And on, on top of that, he was good for 11th overall through Sunday for week 13, man. He's been great, but I think there's, there's been several blazers that have really been 
a catalyst for a lot of fantasy teams because of the injuries to the star players. Like we haven't seen Damian Lillard. We haven't seen CJ McCollum. We'll talk about that in a little bit, but um, you know, these guys like Anthony Simons and Robert Covington, Nasir Little, you know, even Ben McLemore somehow became relevant in week 13. So, but it seems like Rocco though, if you have him rostered, he's just been absolutely a monster on the defensive end. Yeah. And, and, and like you said, we're going to talk about this, but, uh, McCollum expected back on Monday that likely puts Ben McLemore who's been starting um, to the bench. But again, Portland's a team that, that, that runs a pretty tight rotation. As long as the guy is starting for the Blazers, that's probably the guy that you want on your fantasy team. Um, And then who knows what's going to happen with Damian Lillard. Like they said, he could be a few weeks out. (laughs) Are we, are we sure that Damian Lillard is going to play again this season? This, 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 this has the feeling of a Paul George type situation where Team is sort of on the cusp, probably not going to make the playoffs. Uh, do they rush him back? You know, is is he is he traded? I know he said he, he like he keeps saying he's happy in Portland. Is he happy in Portland? Like, does Portland trade guys? You know, before the all uh, before the trade deadline uh, coming up, uh, it's there's a lot a lot of balls up in the air there in Portland. Um, but as long as guys are starting, those are the guys you want to roster. Um, and we'll we'll get into the situation at hand for the Portland Trailblazers here shortly. But um, last person wanted to mention that was that's been really hot over the last week, Jaron Jackson Jr. Over his last five, seventeen point six points, eight point eight rebounds, one assist, but one point six steals and four blocks. JJJ has been on a heater mainly because Stephen Adams was in and out of the lineup with health health and safety protocols. But this Memphis team has just been one of the best teams to watch in basketball right now. Must see TV. They recently just lost their first game in like what 10 games um to the Mavericks. But this team is for real. And you're seeing all these young players blossom. JJJ, Morant, obviously, Desmond Bain. His squad's deep. Yeah, but go ahead and drop D'Anthony Melton because all these other guys are good. And D'Anthony Melton isn't good anymore. So <laughs> salt. He's doesn't Big yeah, salt. he just he need he needs to be traded, I guess. Uh Taylor Jenkins isn't feeling him like that. But I let's mean, talk about oh you're good. I was gonna Zaire Williams is now getting like the 30 minutes that D'Anthony Melton was supposed to get <laughs> when Dylan Brooks went down. Yeah. Well, I think uh when I watched the Memphis Grizzlies play, Zaire Zaire Williams is actually pretty de- like he's he kind of reminds me him and Brandon Clark are kind of similar. They can play multiple positions, but they're athletic and, and tall. And they I don't know. I think that uh maybe the heat they're preferred just because of their uh the way that they play with John Morant, because he and, seems to be getting them very involved. And Tyus Jones is preferred. Everybody's preferred over D'Anthony Melton. Yeah. If if you, John Conchar is preferred, <laughs> like every single person on the Grizzlies, like you, you have my permission now to go ahead and drop D'Anthony Melton. If D'Anthony Melton can't be a thing with Dylan Brooks out of the lineup, like that's it. Like go ahead and yeah. drop that man. Yeah, they know. No more, more hope. No more hope. Um. So we're gonna gonna talk about some guys that return to play. Uh, Koffler teased it before, but uh, Kyrie Irving with news of Kevin Durant going out for, you know, the next four to six weeks, maybe longer uh, per Woj. There's real optimism that Kyrie Irving can return to a full-time capacity. If the Nets decide to pay some fines, they haven't indicated whether they will do it yet, but this is huge news. If you roster Kyrie Irving, you were not expecting him to, I mean, he's definitely not getting vaxxed, but if there's this loophole where he can just pay some fines or the organization pays it on his behalf, man, that's a win. Yeah. I, I don't know that Kyrie's going to be paying fines, but if he can get the Nets to somehow pay fines, just like he got the yeah. Nets to make him a part-time player, then I think that's that's going to happen. But he's taking a stand here. Like he's not going to make the let the fact that he's unvaccinated mean that he's going to pay five thousand dollars game to play. It's just right. on, just on principle. But we'll yeah. see what the Nets are willing to do. 
I think they're the second seed in the East right now. Um, they're they're sitting pretty comfortable up there. But if they start to lose a couple games, like maybe we see this sort of thing come into come into play. Um, yeah. Might even be a good opportunity. We were selling. We were saying like not to be invested in Kyrie Irving because he was only going to be a part time player. This might be a good opportunity right now to buy into him for the cheap, yeah. if in case like something like that happens because of the KD injury. Yeah, good point. And uh, Clay Thompson, Splash Brother, returned on last Sunday, and he uh, had a pretty decent week, I, I got to say. You know, for someone that's missed two years of, of basketball, he averaged 14 points, three rebounds, and two assists. Only shot 36% from the field, but did hit 2.33 pointers in 20 minutes per contest. And in this situation, I feel like fantasy managers just really got to be patient with him. He's only getting 20 minutes, so, you know, you see that ramp up. He'll probably get a little bit more efficiency. Steph Curry hasn't played particularly well. Actually, he hasn't really played well since he broke that three-point record, honestly. But uh, I think it's really been because Draymond Green has been out of the lineup, and we know he creates so many buckets for Steph Curry. So you got to expect Clay's going to pick it up eventually, but I, I just don't see – right now, you just got to be patient with him. Yeah, and you're rostering Clay Thompson for points and three-pointers, and that's pretty much it. He's not going to do a whole lot outside of that. Um, I, I don't see him you know, becoming this guy who plays 40 minutes a game anytime soon either, so no. – that definitely got to be patient. I mean, he's a rosterable guy, obviously, because he's gonna he can drop you know twenty five, thirty points any given day, five, six threes. So that's that's a guy that you want on your roster. But yeah, temper expectations and and expect him to sit back to backs, you know, pretty pretty frequently uh, for the rest of the season. Um, another guy that came back and made a splash, DeAndre Hunter. Um, he returned and averaged fourteen points, two rebounds, two assists, with two stocks in week thirteen. Good for eighty fifth overall um, heading into Sunday. But I think the bigger news for DeAndre Hunter is that Cam Reddish was traded to the New York Knicks. So that just cleared the way for more playing time for him. The only problem with DeAndre Hunter is that he can't stay healthy. But either way, I think that this guy is, is clearly the one of the priority ads this week, if you haven't already. Yeah, I, I don't think I'm as high, as high on DeAndre Hunter as, as you seem to be. He, he's, not, he's not a guy that's going to do a whole lot outside of uh, score efficiently. Like, he started along with Kevin Herter and Kevin Herter didn't shoot the ball very well in their last game. I think he shot two for nine or something like that, but he was able to add six rebounds and six assists. Whereas Deandre Hunter had like two rebounds and one assist. And it just doesn't seem like, doesn't seem like he's going to be able to get you those peripheral stats that you would need in a nine cat and a nine cat league that. So I think, I think Cam Reddish not being in the picture is actually more of a boost to a guy like Kevin Herter. Uh, I know we were hating on, I was hating on Kevin Herter, you know, a month yeah. ago or so. But that was that was with Cam Reddish in the fold, um, so so one less guy who plays the exact same position as Kevin Herter just just means I'm I'm that much more interested in a guy who can kind of fill up the box score. I'm I'm surprised you're that low on him, considering that you know last year he was actually pretty damn useful. He was a very efficient player. Doesn't turn over the ball. Um, he averaged you know 1.3 stocks. Um, I actually think that DeAndre Hunter they're more invested in DeAndre Hunter than anyone. Um, in terms of the, the Atlanta Hawks. And they're also horrible right now. And who knows what they're going to be doing at the trade deadline here. John Collins isn't happy. Uh, I think actually DeAndre Hunter's stock is going to go up. And uh, we'll remember this moment. We'll see how it shakes out. But we'll remember the time that you said Kevin Herter was ass and that DeAndre Hunter was worse Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> that's fair. I mean, I mean, DeAndre Hunter in his last three games, you know, coming back from the injury, he's got four total rebounds and four total assists in three I mean, games. He's been out of the lineup. You got. We just said it about Clay, right? You got to be patient with certain people. But I mean, I think he's he's got the path to minutes easily. That's fair. And also, also there is a chance 
that the Hawks decide to move on from John Collins, right? Like his name yeah, has been floating around. If John yeah. Collins is no longer a Hawk, like DeAndre Hunter's stock goes through the roof. Don't don't get it twisted. Like there's there's opportunity. I, 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 I no, literally there, just said that. <laughs> no, you're right. There's definitely there's definitely opportunity there for DeAndre Hunter. But yeah, Kevin Herter has opportunity now too. As long as long as he's as long as he's a starter, like he's gonna he's gonna do more for your team, I think, than DeAndre Hunter. Okay, we'll put a pin in that. Um, fantasy managers are probably pretty excited that uh, Rudy Gobert's returns to the lineup. He cleared health and safety protocols. I don't have I have Gobert rostered in a weekly league. I, I benched him obviously for you know because he was out, but uh, happy to have him back. And the Jazz are too. Man, they were really struggling without him in the lineup. Man, their defense is toast. Uh, without him. So um, they did go one and four over the past week without him there. But bigger news for Miami, Bam Adebayo set to return on Monday. He's only appeared in 18 contests this season, but I got to ask you, man, what does this mean for our boy Omar Yurt seven? I don't know because most, <laughs> most of the time a backup center, like doesn't just come in and average, you know, 13 points and 15 rebounds. Uh, and actually, uh, what three assists per game while Bam was out? Like he was getting more assists with you know than Bam was getting while he was while he was like in the lineup. So you know you can't you can't just put a guy like that completely back in the bottle. But this, this likely spells the end of Dwayne Dedman. Like any value Dwayne Dedman had, he's he's done. Like, but but does Miami run out a lineup of Omer at seven at the five and Bam out of bio at the four? Like, do they test that out potentially? Um, but I think I think you have to hold on to your your seven at least until we see what Eric Spolster is going to do with the rotation. Like if he's going to put if he's going to make your seven, a, you know, com, you know, a, a direct backup to Bam, he's only going to play fifteen to twenty minutes a game. Like you might have to cut bait, but for now he's a hold and, and kind of see what happens with the Miami rotation. Yeah, because worst case, you know, I, I feel like your seven. Imagine blowout scenarios or times they just may not need to give Bam a full workload because your seven has been proven to be. Very good. And um, yeah, it's just hard. I, I agree with you. I don't think you can just put him back on the bench uh, with the way that he was playing. I think this does spell the end of Dwayne Dedman. But uh, good news for Heat fans. And I think fantasy managers certainly excited to get Bam out of bio back. And we'll get to some Twitter questions later on. But uh, one trade that you were asked about was involving Bam. So want to get your take on that. Let's go into the week 14 schedule. We got 23 teams playing four games this week. So the most that we, I think we've seen all season. Um, so plenty of opportunities on the waiver wires to pick up a lot of people. We got four teams playing three games. Those are the Cleveland Cavaliers, the Denver Nuggets, Minnesota Timberwolves, and the Phoenix Suns. And then three teams that play only two games, the ones that you probably won't be too interested in uh, for this fantasy week, the Houston Rockets, the New Orleans Pelicans, and the Sacramento Kings. So, Talked about it at the at the top of the show. We, I want to talk about some situations that are worth monitoring, and we touched on it a little bit earlier. Let's talk about the Blazers. Just kick it off here. Anthony Simons just playing absolutely outstanding basketball on Saturday night. He dropped thirty-one points, seven assists, hit another seven three-pointers. He's just been playing outside of his mind. And I want to I'm going to ask two questions. One is Anthony Simons a sell high for you or a hold, and in real life basketball, do you think he's making Dame Lillard expendable? Damn. <laughs> this is a this is a tough one. This is like a yeah. there's a lot of there's a lot of angles here. We're talking about a guy who averaged 28.3 points and 8.2 assists in his last six games. Like that's Whoa. not 
you don't just a regular dude doesn't do that. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, doesn't matter like how many minutes you're getting regular guys don't do that. So, so it is, it is absolutely possible that the Blazers think that Lillard is more expendable as a result. I mean, Anthony Simon is like 20 years old and Lillard's not getting any younger. And, and let's be honest, the abdominal surgery rumored to be on the trade block about Blazers management. I'm like, let's rebuild this. Let's sell Lillard for what we can get. We still got CJ McCollum. If you want to still keep a, a, a pinnacle piece of your, your identity there, you still got Nurk. I think you still got assets, man. I think this is where you trade Damian Lillard, but I don't disagree that this, this makes him a little bit more expendable. Um, and I, I've seen, I've seen takes now where, you know, CJ McCollum is returning on Monday. Does that mean that Anthony Simons is like a sell high? Like, like, I don't, I don't even know. Like, I don't, I don't think so. Like, I think Anthony Simons isn't going to average 28 and eight with CJ McCollum back there in the backcourt, but Anthony Simons can still be a 20 point scorer with five, six assists per game. Like he's, he's taking on the point guard role essentially where, where CJ McCollum can still be the two and Simons can be the one Like we haven't seen that from Simons previously, like before when he would come in and, and uh, you know, get 30, 35 minutes a game because some starters were out, like he would, he put up like 20, 25 points and like one assist, but he's not doing that now. He's, he's, he's become a, he's become the point guard for this team. And I don't, I don't think, I don't think he's a sell high actually with CJ, even with CJ McCollum coming back. So, you know, you picked him up. Congratulations. Like he has the chance to be one of those like quote unquote league winners. If Damian Lillard doesn't come back or is traded. Right. And I think that that's the biggest thing about his value is like, even if he doesn't get traded, there's still a chance that he doesn't come back because Portland right now sits, uh, what are they? They are 17 and 25, 10th in the Western conference. So they're in the playoff tournament territory, but yeah, they're not real serious championship contenders at this point. So what are you really buying yourself? Just time, I guess. And, but, and yeah. Simons is a part of their future. So they're right. going to, they're going to give all the reins to Anthony Simons now and see, see what he can do. So interesting. I mean, I don't like people say sell high. Like you're, what are you going to sell high for? Someone going to give you Jaron Jackson jr. For Anthony Simons. Like probably not. Yeah. I mean, if you can get, if you could get that, sure. Go ahead and do that. But, but I'm, I'm cool holding Anthony Simons. You know. Or maybe you trade him if you have Anthony Simons. Maybe you trade him to the person that has Damian Lillard, uh, and then maybe get something out of that. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, it's an interesting scenario how it's going to shake out. But um, want to go to another scenario here. Malcolm Brogdon. He made his return to play in Week 13, and then he quickly left. Uh, he re-injured his Achilles, so it's not looking good for him. Another guy that's on the trade block. Indiana's going nowhere. They already said that they're floating out offers for Sabonis and Miles Turner, and probably Brogdon to be honest. But now he's probably hurting his. His, his trade market here with this injury, but who do you think benefits from uh, Brogdon being out a little bit longer? I think the biggest beneficiaries uh, in Indiana are Karis LeVert and Justin Holiday. Those two guys se- seem to be the guys that are going to get more shots. And Justin Holiday uh, is playing minutes in the mid to upper 30s whenever Malcolm Brogdon doesn't play. So if he's out there on the waiver wire, uh, in week 14, the Pacers play four games. And it, it's a very favorable four-game schedule with two of those games coming on slates where there's only three games, uh, Thursday and Saturday. That's, a, that's an awesome schedule for the Pacers. So anybody that's going to be playing 30-plus minutes for Indiana, especially a guy like Justin Holiday, who can light it up from, from three and get you some steals. Um, he, he needs to be rostered this week. Absolutely go ahead and pick him up. Yeah, feel that. Um, I don't really have much of a take on the Pacers situation. I, I think Karis LeVert's probably going to be the biggest beneficiary there. So uh, 
Yeah, I don't think on the waiver, Kiefer Sykes, I think his time is up. The team sucks. Yeah, they're, they're suck. not good. Right. Like they I need agree. to like speak about the team that needs to blow it up. Like, like those pieces don't work together. No. Like Miles Turner and Demona Savonis don't work together. Malcolm Brogdon's always hurt. Karis Levert's not the guy who's gonna win ball games. Like there needs something needs to happen in Indiana. And obviously they they brought up the rumors, you know, months ago and we haven't right. seen anything, you know, come to fruition, but we've got a few more weeks till the deadline and something's gotta happen there in Indiana. True holiday. Continue to be on the injury report, questionable. Then he gets ruled out a day in advance. He's still battling an ankle injury. And for what it's worth, Coach Bud said, I think he's making progress. He's in a good place. So we'll just see how long it takes. I don't like that quote. We'll see how long it takes. So you got to expect Grayson Allen becomes fantasy relevant yet again. Yeah, Grayson Allen will continue to be fantasy relevant. Um, Shouldn't have told anybody to sell high on Bobby Portis. He looks like a mainstay. He looks like yeah. a mainstay in the starting five. He's, uh, dude. Yeah, he's been he's been incredible for the for the Bucks this season, putting up top fifty numbers in nine cat leagues. Wes Matthews continues to start, but he's not a guy I want to roster. Um, and then like they've got a bunch of fringe guys, right? Like Pat Connaughton, Dante DiVincenzo, Jordan, Jordan Nora. Yeah. Yeah. The only the only time I want those guys if they had a, a favorable four game schedule. But other than that, like those guys can probably be probably be left on the bench as as they uh they sort of cannibalize one another. Um, when all healthy. So yeah, Grayson Allen, Grayson Allen gets the biggest uptick for me uh, when Drew Holiday sits and he's, like you said, been ruled out 24 hours in advance. And it doesn't sound very, uh, doesn't sound very optimistic from coach Bud right now. Yeah. And uh, I picked up Grayson Allen in our competitive league, man. I am just, I'm dealing with injuries. I got Paul George and AD on the IR, man. I'm just whooping ass right now. I'm loving it. My picks are just on point. Um, what we'll talk to you about Rashawn Holmes. I know you've been a big fan for years and he just can't seem to just play this year. I don't know what it is, man. It's an eye thing. It's a protocol thing. It's a, I don't know what the next thing is, but he's supposed to be making his return. So do you think he's still a buy low candidate right now? This is probably, I mean, if he's coming back, this is probably your last opportunity, right? That's to be a buy low. Like the guy, the guy has only played five games in the last like month and a half. So he's <laughs> can only right, go right now. Like he, his value really can only go up. But when, when he came, he's he, right. He's always got an eye injury or I feel like he's been in health and safety protocols like six times. Actually, if I remember correctly, when, when the Kings were first in the bubble, didn't Rashawn Holmes like step foot outside of his room and like he got placed in health and safety protocols for like 14 yeah. days or yeah. something like that. Like this, <laughs> this dude can't catch a break, but like when he's on the floor, he's amazing. Like from a fantasy perspective. So all, all they have in front of him is what Alex Len and Damian Jones. So, so yeah, there, there's, the only place for Rashawn Holmes value to go is up. Uh, and it looks like he's going to be back, you know, hopefully it could, could be today when we're recording uh, or early next week. So if you uh, kind of want to take a stab on a buy low guy, Rashawn Holmes, there's nobody better to do that with right now than Rashawn Holmes. Feel that uh, I might buy some shares myself. Um, and lastly, want to talk about the wizards. Their front court is an absolute mess. Daniel Gafford. He's got to be finished because on Saturday, he got 11 minutes. Thomas Bryant got 10 minutes. Montrez Harrell was the most productive out of both of them in 16 minutes. I think it was like 16 minutes, but uh, it's just, it's not good. So uh, yeah. What are your thoughts on Daniel Gafford here? I'm not picking up Thomas Bryant. I think this might be the end of, of Gafford. Yeah. And we, and actually, if you listen to this podcast, we talked about this. We talked about the yeah. fact that Daniel Gafford's best comp is Thomas Bryant. They essentially play the same position. They're the yeah. same kind of big man, except Thomas Bryant can step out and hit the three. But the, the Wizards really don't need that out of their big man. Like, they have plenty of guys that can shoot threes. Dinwiddie, Kuzma, Kispert. Like, 
They're a good three-point shooting team. They don't need that from the center position. And Montrez Harrell is the only big man out of those three that's going to give you something different, right? Off the bench, he's going to give you that energy. It's a totally different thing. So I'm totally cool, like, hanging on to Montrez Harrell. He's going to he, he's gonna get you 18 and 10, you know, any game. Um, but, yeah, Thomas Bryant and Daniel Gafford, they're going to, like, split minutes. They're essentially going to be what Wendell Carter and Mo Bamba were in 2020. When Wendell Carter was starting, Mo Bamba was coming off the bench. Neither of them saw their ceiling because they were only getting 20 to 25 minutes per game. So I think we're going to see something similar uh, in Washington, unless obviously one of them gets hurt. And then I'm okay picking up the other one. Right. But until that happens, yeah, um, you can drop Daniel Gafford and you can drop Thomas Bryant. Agreed. Yeah. They're going to cannibalize each other here. It's ugly situation. Want no parts of it. Unfortunately, I have Gafford. So been real, bruh. I enjoyed those. You should have uh, sold. You should have sold. Yeah. I would have bought. I would have bought him. He had eight blocks. You should have sold yeah, him. He had eight blocks. Hundred percent. But I need yeah. those blocks at the time. But let's get into the waivers. So we talked about quite a few of these names. Um, I'm going to break it out by backcourt and frontcourt. Y'all can decipher where you want to play these guys. But we talked about Ayo Dosamu, Kobe White, Grayson Allen. Uh, one guy that I think I've been I've been talking about. And I've put it. I've included him in my fantasy fantasy forecast article over the last three weeks. And that's Faco Campazzo. I think he's been great, and uh, he's been outplaying Monty Morris here. He had a double-double earlier in the week and a blowout win against the Portland Trailblazers, but he gives you stocks. He gives you a lot of dimes. I mean, he's kind of like a, an Alex Caruso light because uh, he, he doesn't score a lot sometimes, and then he'll give you other statistical categories. So I think he's definitely someone you can eye. So maybe not this week, but just keep him around. Actually, uh, Va- actually oh, just before you, before you continue, they have yeah. the worst kind of three-game schedule this week. Each one of their games can't, comes on a day where uh, there's you eleven games. Them. There's eleven <laughs> games on the slate, so hold that thought on Campazzo. <laughs> like you said, like if you need assists and like you need to plug those in your lineup, like maybe put yeah. somebody else on the bench. And obviously, yeah. people always have like these, you know, health and safety protocol issues. So it's not a guy that necessarily you, you don't want to pick up because of that reason. Just understand that the Denver Nuggets have one of the least favorable schedules in Week 14. Yeah, good point. Devin Vassell also. Derek White obviously came back, but uh, Devin Vassell has held nine category head-to-head league value all season. So um, him and Lonnie Walker doesn't matter. Uh, they're still both uh, eaten over here. So I think you could definitely pick him up if he's on the waivers. Adam likes Kevin Herter. Uh, I got burned by him earlier in the season, so I'm a pass on him. But uh, another guy that's been quietly impressive, more or less, you know, as a waiver pickup streamable, Eric Bledsoe. Reggie Jackson's been god-awful lately, and uh, really just the Clippers in general. Um, we'll talk about a couple frontcourt players here. I know you're high on Amir Coffey, and I had him a couple weeks ago, dropped him just because I needed to you know, address some other priority ads. But I think Amir Coffey has actually carved out a nice little role here uh, with the news that Paul George is probably going to be. There's a very good risk. I mean, we talked about this weeks ago, whether he's going to shut it down. And with the Clippers nosediving in the standings here, I think they're sitting in right in front of the Portland Trailblazers. So, yeah, they're going nowhere yeah, fast. So yeah, you gotta yeah. Coffee, Coffee's averaging 35 minutes per game in his last four games and has scored 18-plus in three of those. And, and he's getting other, you know, numbers. Yeah. Like, like, he's getting, like, five rebounds, five assists. He's got six steals in those three in those four games. Mm-hmm. Like, this this is definitely a rosterable guy. I, I, don't, yeah. I don't trust that Paul George come back anytime soon. No, no, I don't either. Uh, I've been really impressed by the play of Trey Lyles. Um, Kelly Olenek could be coming back soon. He was on the injury report as doubtful, which is actually an upgrade from where he was before. So, you know, Trey Lyles season might be ending soon, but he's just been absolutely great. I would still hold on to him because there's still going to be some ramp up time for 
for Kelly Olenek. And Detroit is god-awful. So, you know, I think Trey Lyles has some staying power until Jeremy Grant comes back, but we haven't really got an update on him either. Um, another guy, uh, Cam Johnson, we were just touting him just a couple weeks ago, but he's now out with a sprained ankle. Jay Crowder is now getting his minutes that he was getting prior to uh, going out with health and safety protocol. So if he's out there floating on your waivers, he had a couple good games. You know what he does, where, where his pedigree is. He gives you threes, uh, steals, um, and, and shoots a pretty good percentage. Uh, but I know you're high on on a green in, in the Nuggets, and that's uh, Jeff Green. We just talked about Denver's grueling schedule. But with Jermichael Green out, you think Jeff Green has some uh, – has some staying power here. Oh, absolutely. And Jeff Green on Yahoo gives you that center eligibility too. He plays small forward, power forward, and center. That's huge, especially if people that people that are starting two centers. And obviously the Nuggets don't have the best schedule this week, but I think you hold him through that schedule, especially if J. Michael, J. Michael Green is is uh, continues to be in health and safety protocols. The Nuggets are pretty thin up front um, with obviously Michael Porter Jr. out uh, since the beginning of the season. So yeah, Jeff Green's definitely a guy. Um, he's been putting up you know, 23 points, four rebounds, four assists in his last two games. Um, so he's he's definitely got some staying power, and that center eligibility is is money. Nuggets is going through tons of injuries this season, man. It's a testament to Nikola Jokic, who's just absolutely holding it down. Beast. Yep. So we talked about the Portland situation. Nasir Little, I think he still carries value. He's not really affected by the CJ McCollum return. And obviously, um, uh, who else was I looking at here? Uh, Kevon Looney has been playing pretty well with Draymond out, but I don't expect with the Warriors kind of going in and out and, and not really playing too well. I think Draymond's probably going to be returning soon. So Adam didn't mention Dayron Sharp. I think he has a lot of upside here with Kevin Durant's injury. Uh, but wanted real quick to ask you, do you know who leads the league in three-point percentage this year? Three-point percentage? Yeah. Um, great question. Otto Porter. P.J. Tucker. P- what? Yeah. Wow. That that yeah. corner three that corner three is just money. <laughs> that corner three is like Bruce Bowen esque, man. It's money. Wow. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Wild stat. I was really surprised to see that. Um, if you look at the list actually of the people that are the top five in three point percentage this year, it's none of the the main people that you would expect. Luke Kennard's up there. Several different. But I would people. expect Luke Kennard over PJ Tucker. I wouldn't expect either of them to be there. <laughs> All right. And then uh wanted to get your thoughts on you wrote down Marvin Bagley here. Also see stashing a and your boy Isaiah Hartenstein. Which one do you want to talk about and, and why do you why do you like those guys? So Isaiah Hartenstein worries me a little bit. I, I loved him early in the season. The problem now is Serge Ibaka's there too. So now they got yeah. now they got three big men, right? Vine for minutes. Zubalaj mm-hmm. starts, Ibaka off the bench, and Hartenstein, like they're they're all kind of the same. You know, Hartenstein. Hardenstein brings a lot of energy off the bench, but if he's only seen you know, 13 to 15 minutes per game, he could probably be left on the bench as long as Ibaka's healthy. Kelly Olenek is a guy that I'd be willing to stash because we saw what he did in Houston last season you know, with a bad roster. It's something similar in Detroit, you know, veteran presence down the stretch. He could be pretty fantasy relevant here um, moving forward, and Detroit does have one of the most favorable fantasy basketball playoff schedules. So definitely Olenek is a guy to stash. And like you said, he's doubtful on Sunday. So we could see him back, you know, sometime next week in week 14. And uh, who was the other guy you mentioned? Uh, the other one was Marvin Bagley. Yeah, Marvin Bagley. Man. He put, put up a season high 26 points of the night. So as long as he's starting, he's definitely a guy that, that uh, has some staying power and should be rostered um, if he's going to be putting on numbers like that. Fair enough. All right, let's go through a really quick fire round of Twitter questions. Shout out to Charles Lewis, three, two, five. He wants to know, 
Should he drop De'Anthony Melton for DeAndre Hunter? Yes, 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 yes. Are, are you going to recommend that he picks up Kevin Herter instead? Yes, he should pick up both. <laughs> um, AD or SD Hillian, 35. Would you trade Bradley Beal for Bam Adebayo or Anthony Edwards? So his question actually was, would you try to acquire Bam Adebayo and give up either Bradley Beal or Anthony Edwards? And my answer, oh, to, him, okay. my answer to him was, no, I wouldn't do that. Right? You have you have this emerging Omer Yurt Seven. Honestly, like that, I'm 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 being serious about that. You've got Kyle Lowry and Jimmy Butler taking up a lot of the usage, and and a lot of the assist numbers. Right? We saw we've seen Bam's numbers assist numbers way down from a season ago with Lowry there in town. So I think it, there's a lot more value to be had in both Bradley Beal and Anthony Edwards. So no, I would not try to acquire Bam on a bio for either one of those guys. And Edwards is a top 24 player over the course of the season. So uh, yeah, I'm not trading. I'm not trading for Anthony Edwards. I'm not, I wouldn't be, I mean, yeah, I would love to have Anthony Edwards, but no one's going to do that. Bradley Beal though. I, I could see the case only because he's unvaxxed and this is the second time he's gone through protocols. I don't know. I, I mean, maybe he gets to anybody's. Uh, I don't know if I want that headache, but I, it depends on your team needs. Like if you don't need, if you don't need assist, then why are you going for, for Bradley Beal? Um, I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't yeah. I, I probably wouldn't do it. I think, I think I'd still, I think I'd still rather the unvaxxed Beal, to be honest. Interesting. All right. And Bill Lillian, Lillian. Yeah. Lillian, uh, uh, Bill Lillian, shout out to him. Should you hold Alperin Sagoon or pick up Mitchell Robinson? Mitchell Robinson, man, because especially right now, if obviously things change, if the Rockets decide to move on from Christian Wood, that, that's going to open up, you know, front court minutes for Shangoon, and they could very well do that. But right now, it's got to be Mitchell Robinson as a starter. Um, Taj Gibson and Nerlens Noel both in and out of the lineup constantly. Mitchell Robinson's really the only like healthy body there at the moment. Um, so, so I, I like him just from a, you know, rebounds and blocks perspective. It's pretty low risk move here that you're getting in Mitchell Robinson, someone that you're getting consistent, you know, eight to 10 rebounds with uh blocks. So if that's what you need, go for it because right now Sagoon, he's hurt. So he's not, and he's also not getting minutes. All right. That'll do it for the week 14. Look ahead. Make sure to check out actionnetwork.com with myself and Joe Delira will, will break down a summary of pretty much what we talked about here with some prop angles. Make sure to download the award-winning Action Network app to track all your bets and tail our experts. Make sure to download Prize Picks if you haven't already. Use promo code ACTION10, that's A-C-T-I-O-N-1-0, and they will match your first deposit up to $100. Adam can be found on Twitter at Adam Koffler. I'm at Dan Titus. Until next week, let's get buckets. Buckets.